for the unresearched opinions of two culturally insignificant dudes. I totally forgot what we were. That's what we are. Well, he is Matt. I am Dave, and we are the Low Fact Podcast. And I'm moving around the microphone just to confuse you all. And thank you once again for joining us. Um, We're in a fucking heat wave. Yes, we are. It's super hot. Uh, we've got we've got extra extra air conditioning going on. So Which you guys probably might be able to hear a little bit. And if so, no, it's because we don't want to die of heat exhaustion. Well, just heat. I mean, I don't think you can get exhausted by doing nothing. Sure, you can. I suppose you could. So anyway. A lot of things have been going on, and you know, the funny thing is, all the things that have been going on, they just they just add to all the junk that uh, that we've been talking about that, uh, that I don't like. So, pick something. Pick something new, and I will, I will, I will make it uh, apply to what we've been saying. Something new? Nobody wants to work. Nobody wants to work in a blue-collar job. So, like, they can't... The grocery stores, there's like tons and tons of open positions, and apparently nobody wants a fucking job at a grocery store. How about that? Well, I would I would say that is kind of akin to the uh, the infantilization of us. Okay. Uh, you know how I, you know how we we we've been talking a lot about how what's 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 the deal in in making us basically angry or well angry okay you know basically so frustrated that you can't do anything and I thought about the one point in our lives in everyone's life where that's generally a case when you're a toddler mm-hmm. and what happens when you get so angry that you can't do anything as a toddler you basically can't make a decision or move or anything. Well, no, someone comes and fixes it. Oh, right. Okay. And that's essentially the state of being that I think that... Uh, Makes it all better. That, that the people who consider themselves are better are, are... Who are... The people who consider themselves are better are trying to get us to be in. Dude, you sound like a seal. R R R. Sorry. I'd rather sound like, <laughs> a, like an actual seal than a... Than a Navy seal? Than some teams guy. That reminds me of that joke. Can I tell the joke? Mm-hmm. How do you know a Navy SEAL's in the room? I don't know how. He'll tell you. <laughs> One of my favorites. Uh, I don't know that I delivered it very well, but... No, no, you delivered it I'm not a comedian. Fine. Well, that, that, that much is true. But no, so... And that, that, that led me to, to think of another thing, and that's... Because that's, um, we were talking about it last week, and... I was saying I was saying something to the effect of like misplaced compassion, and then I was I was starting to think about it because you know when I go to the gym and, and attempt to work out, it's a sad sad sight. But I I try to try to occupy my thoughts with something else. Do you ever listen to our old our old episodes? Very much like a level talent. I don't like to watch or listen to myself later because you would be like, oh, this sucks. Yeah, well, yeah, because it would and be... And then you'd be thinking about it when you record? Well, no, I, I would basically... I basically listen to critique myself. So instead of listening for content, I'm just listening for oh. all the stupid stuff that I do. I don't do any critiquing because my problem is when I'm recording it, I, and then when I listen to it, I'm like, we sound great. 
that's generally my uh, my conclusion. Well, I, I'm a little bit of a harsher critic of myself than you are, mm. so that is not the case. Well, I guess I'm just like of the school of like that's good enough. Hey, that's uh, that's actually a pretty smart way to to operate. Well, I don't know that it's a it's a I don't know that it's a philosophical like that it's something that I'm thinking about, but I think that's just kind of the way I operate. Well, I, I, and again, I think that's that's probably better. It's better to be good enough than to be perfect. Mm. There's not as there's not as much upside. There's not as there's not as much upside as one would think. Yeah, but then you at least you improve, right? Not necessarily. But if you if you if you're constantly critiquing yourself, then one would think that you would be improving. One would hope, not or working. adapting, like as things change. Right? Again, one would hope. One would hope. But to get back to what I was saying, um, I think another thing that's kind of kind of gone awry nowadays is that, especially among the regular folk, us sheep and goats, this idea of an emotionally driven life is uh, kind of taken hold. And I don't know if, if calling it the emotionally driven life is correct. But sounds like the title of a book, dude. Could be, could be. But self help book. But we are we are very much. Um, a lot of us are very, I guess the, 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 the dictionary definition would be, be to be called romantic. Okay. You know, emotionally driven. And I don't think that being emotionally driven really helps large numbers of people. Ooh. Hell, I don't even think being emotionally driven helps a single person, quite frankly. Yeah, but there is a time and a place for for emotions, right? I mean, they are important. Quite so, but if everything is is the thing that we like to think separates us from the animals is that we have a logical mind and we will persevere and do more. But we also have empathy, right? One would hope. Okay, but I think I think you're either not getting what I'm saying, or I think you're not I, maybe what I'm, I'm not because I, I, I when when you talk about emotional, I think of Things like empathy, compassion, right? Those things that, that I I feel like that's something that's like distinctly human. Um, okay. And and so so if you don't have that emotional component, then wouldn't wouldn't those things kind of go out the window? Because it would just be all about you know getting ahead or survival or whatever, right? But in some instances, you need to set aside your emotion. And you're saying... Let's say you work for a boss who's a total jerk. Okay. And you're like, all had that experience. And you're so. sitting there going, you know what? I don't need this. I'm going to follow my bliss. Or I don't like this person. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to change my situation. I'm not going to deal with this anymore. Okay, where are you going to be? Without a job. And if you're someone who needs a job... Well, then that's a problem. You're gonna. You basically put yourself in a difficult position that you didn't need to put yourself in. But maybe, maybe your quality of life is really, really shit because of this person. I don't know. Well, now we're getting into specifics that you know things. Things have to be. There, there is a general to everything, and then there's a specific. But there's generally a reason that people quit. It's because they're like, I can't do this anymore. 
I can't work for this person anymore. And you're saying that if that's an emotional reaction, it could be. Yeah. Well, let's take let's take something in, in current events, right? It's good to be compassionate, as you say. Yeah. Shouldn't you be compassionate to homeless people? <laughs> yes, and and I have very little compassion for the homeless right now when they're when they're affecting your life. Yeah, because I see them like like I, I see them in my neighborhood. They're in the they're in the parks. You know, where there's like women and kids and, you know, there's like all these men, congr- all these homeless dudes congregating. I'm like, that's not good. So that's my point. There, 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 there is room for both. You can be compassionate and you can start making a change. But I think what's happening, and this goes on to another thing that I, that I was, like the whole who benefits, the key bueno. Mm-hmm. I think it's rather pointless to figure out who benefits. Because someone's clearly benefiting, and it's usually a power, a powerful interest, and they're benefiting monetarily. So it doesn't really matter. It doesn't. To find out who benefits doesn't really give you get you anywhere closer to what needs to happen. Like if you know the fact that, like if you know the fact, like we were talking about last week, that there's clearly people who are benefiting. Yeah. From this situation with the homeless, where it's like, uh, I think I saw some. I saw something on. Instagram where I get my, you know, most of my news, uh, from memes. Um, but it was something on Instagram saying that, um, the spending on homeless, homelessness issues had increased 25 fold under governor, under Newsom. Yeah. And that problem or that situation, that situation has not seemed to have been dissipated at all. That's 2,500% people. If it's true. It could be. That's 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 some astronomical money being spent. If it's being spent at all. Yeah. Like I've I've noticed a lot of apartment buildings being springing up all over the place here in Southern California. Now, I don't know if that's directly related to the homelessness issue or the la- or, or whatever, but there seems to be a whole lot of building going on. Yeah, there is. They're everywhere. And, and, you know, there are a lot of there are a lot of everyday folks benefiting from that. And they're probably glad to have it. People working on those construction sites, mm-hmm. they probably love it. Yep. But from my experience, you know, if you're getting a dollar, you being us sheep and goats, there's somebody else getting $25 for every dollar you get. Yeah. Coronavirus relief is, is, a, is a clear example of that. For mm-hmm. every For every dollar... The sheep and goats got. The moneyed interest got ten. Wow. So you know, while you're sitting there being all happy about getting your fourteen hundred dollars or two thousand dollars or however much anybody got, somebody else got twenty thousand. So as a complete aside, why do you, so? So coming back to this issue of the fact that there's jobs out there and people just don't seem to be wanting particular jobs, you know, like the blue collar jobs at the grocery stores. Surely it's not because people have money. I mean, the money's done. Like the, there's no more government checks being issued to people. So it's just that people don't want, they don't want that job. I think it's because people think they're going to get bailed out. I mean, that's essentially what the student loan thing is. Mm -hmm. A lot of people love it. 
I don't think it's a bad idea. I just think that the execution's pretty bad. Okay, you want to quote-unquote forgive student loan debt? Why don't you make the people that caused it have to pay for it? Who would that be? In my mind, it would be the banks who gave the loans because the government was paying for the interest. Mm -hmm. And it would be the institutions who were surviving on those. Because funnily enough, every time every time student loan or a grant or something goes up, price of tuition goes up. In fact, with the uh, subsidies for the for the electric vehicles, a lot of these car manufacturers are raised their price pretty much to match the subsidy. When they take away the subsidy, what? When they take away the subsidy, what do you mean when they take away? Are, are they taking away the subsidies? Oh no, no, they're they're keeping it up. So they're still getting the subsidies, but they're they're hiking the prices on the vehicles. No, the people. If you buy an electric car, you'll get a seven thousand dollar bump subsidy uh-huh. as help to get the electric car. Right. So the manufacturer has raised his price about seven thousand dollars. Oh. Oh shit. That's what I mean. See, there goes your subsidy then. Yeah. And you know the the whole LASIK thing is a is I think is a good example of what what LASIK surgery when it when it first came out it was pretty expensive like ten thousand dollars an eye or some some crap like that mm-hmm. now apparently it's super good and it, because it's something that wasn't covered I don't know if it is or not but it wasn't covered by by health insurance yeah now it's some somewhere down to like a thousand bucks an eye yes and it's really good and it's and it and it works it's better all that stuff. And um, there was another thing that I noticed when the uh, the president was making his little speech a couple of days ago, talking about how you know it's wrong to be violent. And is this a speech with the red the bit the red lights in the background? Well, uh, no, it was a speech. Well, I don't know. There was, there was two Marines in the background, and I was just sitting there going, "That's that's not a show of force." <laughs> but you know, the Marines are supposed to be the president's. Uh, Stormtroopers. Oh no, it is. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Yeah, it's that's getting a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of that on social media. Everyone's like, "Oh, it's like, it's communist, and it's like it looks like some fascist thing." And blah, 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 blah. you know, the band's called the president's own, and I'm not opposed to that. I love the Marines. Yeah, I hate what they. I hate what they become, and I think it's really, really due to bad leadership and bad government and bad. Well, bad bureaucracy is kind of redundant. Bad policy. Even that's kind of redundant. Um, so, yeah, what was he saying, the president? Oh, yeah, he was talking about how, well, he was basically talking about how January 6th was just so bad and how it was, you know, violence is no good. What about all the other stuff, though? That's my point. It's when like, it was, and, 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 and as, as we say, called it the other team, uh, which is what I've been saying. I was like, dude, there, there's one team, it's them. And they're just figuring out ways to divvy us up to Dude, keep themselves. Dude, all that other violence, just the, the media just gave a, the, everybody a pass. And that's that's another point. There was a guy, I, I told you that, we've talked about this, there was a guy in my neighborhood, they fucking came in and they took, He he's like a an immigrant, and they took everything out of a store. And that was a... Cleaned it out, no insurance. That was another, that was another point that I was making about, and we, you know, we called it, we called it like the hypocrisy thing, but... It's, it is hypocrisy, but you know, let's 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 be for real. Um, if something's no good, 
when someone else does it, then chances are it's not good when you do it. You can't sit there and say that that writing or yeah, writing and, and stuff is, is the language of the unheard and then have a bunch of other people riot and then all of a sudden you call it insurrection, political violence and all this stuff. What happened to the language of the unheard? Well, people also compared it to 9-11 and, you know, I was, I was just like, really? And I don't, That just seems like a, bri- a stretch, a bridge too far. And I don't want to make it sound like that I'm for one, one group or the other because I'm really not. If anything, I'm for both groups because we're all being taken advantage of. Number one, through hijacking of our emotionally, first of all, by, 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 um, making us so that we're basically toddlers being very emotionally driven and so frustrated to the point where we don't think we can do anything. At that point, someone kind of swoops in and says, Oh, I'll take care of everything and help you out. Little kid. That's, that's not a way to, to live your life. Well, it's not a way to live your life beyond five years of age. You know, the, the feeling frustrated about stuff you can't do, which is natural. But you need to, you need to, your parents, society, people need to have given you the skills to sit there and say, okay, and get out of your head and start fixing stuff, if that's what's going on. You know, you can't, I don't think that you can sit there and rely on other people to, to do things for you because number one, no one cares about you more than you. Except maybe your mother. No, it's even her. <laughs> and, you know, to all the parents out there, I know you're like, oh, you don't know unless you've had kids. I'm like, you're still a person. You would hope that your desires, you su- your desires are superseded by the interest, the best interest of your child. But they're not, and this is how. I only have my child's best interest at heart. You tell yourself that, you can justify anything. Oh, they don't know. I'm, th- I'm trying. I want what's best for them. Not, not disputing that. But you want the best for them the way you see them. Now, it, it will be a happy coincidence if those two intersect. If what you want is also what, exi- what is best. Yeah. But by, but you, but you know, by, by putting the cart before the horse, you get it backwards by saying, I only want the best. So whatever I want is the best. Yeah. And usually it doesn't, uh, usually that it doesn't coincide. You know, everybody wants their young child to be a doctor. What if your child's a total drop kid in the skills that it needs to be, to be a doctor? Then it's probably not going to happen. But your child is freaking Einstein when it comes to being a plumber. Then shouldn't you encourage your child to be a plumber? Well, yeah. Now, what if you come from a long line of doctors? You're like the sixth generation of doctors and you want your child to be number seven. You find out your child is no... Not Doogie Hauser. Not going to... Doogie Hauser. <laughs> I'm trying to... Dr. Nick, even. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Doctor Nick. Oh, he's that quack from uh, from Simpsons. Mm. Like you find out your child wouldn't even measure up to that guy. Can you still make that child a doctor? You bet. There's six generations of you. You've got the whole doctor field wrapped up. 
Now, is making your child a doctor in that sense what's best for your child? Hell no. No, and they're going to be miserable and probably kill somebody. Kill several people. Kill more people than a combat soldier. <laughs> At the Battle of the Bulge. I'm talking about real combat. Or kill, kill more people than a policeman in a shootout. Actually, that's a pretty bad example. Policemen are notoriously bad shots, and they should be. Oh, uh, that just reminds me of that story you told me. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we won't tell the story, though. It's Maybe funny. another time. It's funny, though. It is funny. But, well, I'll, I'll throw you another story. Like, I remember it was probably years ago, at least two or three decades, I, I heard about some cop in Eastern Europe who basically was shooting at some suspects, unloaded 15 rounds on a crowded street. Oh, Hit nothing. Hit nothing. <laughs> Dude, that sounds like that. That's like that scene in uh, Pulp Fiction. It's like the 18. Remember the guy comes out? He's got the giant handgun. He's got like the the 45. Or, no, I don't remember that scene. And he, and he, and he fires it straight at, at Jules and um, the other guy. Yeah. You know, Samuel L. Jackson and what's his face? Mr. John Travolta. Oh yeah, Mrs. I yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah. And there's like, there's like holes in the wall behind them. Mm. And then at that point, you know, that point, Samuel L. Jackson has, well, he has a, yeah, they, they unload on him, but Samuel L. Jackson has a, has a change of heart at that point. He's has like, he's like yeah. I just, you know, he's like, I got to stop doing this. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't like, I didn't like that. I don't like, I don't like, I don't like it, especially when people in power come out. Cause I remember when there was a, uh, either floods or something, that happened in uh, in Burma. Is it Burma? Yeah, Myanmar now, right? And the uh, the military dictatorship guys came out to all these people who were basically ruined by a natural disaster. And what they said was, "We need to all like work harder. We need to get tough." Really? Yeah. These fat these fat fucks. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're all fat, these guys, right? In the in in the oddly enough, in, in a the, society where everybody where everybody's skinny, these guys are fat. Yeah, yeah. In in those situations, yeah. Because I remember I remember seeing this again, like a decade or so ago, when it was a meeting between North Korea and South Korea military officials. And these were these were um, high high level folks, right? Well, I mean, they're they're like they were mid level career officers, so right. probably like colonels. Majors and colonels, uh-huh. and the North Korean contingent looked like a looked like Humpty Dumpty in brown uniforms. <laughs> uh, and the South Korean guys, they had they had on the stretch the stretch material. Yeah, and the South Korean guys looked like wild buffalo. So they were like lean. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just, I'm just sitting there going, I thought there was a famine going on. Yeah. And then, but but then you know when I when I thought about it, it made sense, right? So in a country where everybody is poor and not getting enough to eat, yeah, the people in power are going to gorge themselves and get way more than they need. That's just so wrong, though. It is, but that's just kind of the way we are. So on the one hand, yes, compassion. I yes, compassion and 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 the and and, and emotions, Empathy. definitely, all that stuff definitely necessary. But. You can't apply it to everyone and everything. If you live your life from an emotional standpoint, I'm only want to do things that make me feel good. 
Yeah. You know, the hedonistic aspect of stuff, or I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to concern myself with negative emotions or negative things. I don't know that you can do that practically in the real, in the real world. How many times do you do people just hack you off and you want to just, you know, beat them with a stick? Uh, quite a lot. Yeah. And what stops you? You know what, well, you know what I think stops most people, which is a sad thing. The idea of getting arrested and imprisoned? Right. Fear of consequences. Yeah. It's not, it's not that I don't want to do that because that's wrong. And it is wrong to just go up and beat on people. Yeah. But the, I'm not going to do that because I'm scared someone's going to throw me in jail. Yeah. What, I mean, what's going on in the freeways is a perfect example of what you're talking about. What's going on in America is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. There mm-hmm. are people committing all kinds of crimes and, and, and all kinds of stuff. And they're doing it because it seems like there's just no consequences. Right. You know, I've, I've read the, I've read the stories that are designed to make you mad. Like the, the recent one with, uh, with our, with our current vice president who apparently got someone off, some rioter, bailed him out, whatever. Oh, this is during, this is going back a couple of years. Yeah. And what happened three weeks after he got bailed out, he killed somebody. And now everyone's like, uh, huh. Right. And I'm sitting there going, well, are you saying but for? Well, he wouldn't have have killed that person if he was out. Well, he might have just killed somebody else. Yeah, he might have shanked somebody in prison. Possibly. But that's a prisoner and no one gives a shit about a prisoner. They should. But they don't. In a lot of cases, it seems that, you know, but for some unfortunate circumstance, the difference between you and someone in prison is nothing. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's another thing that people are like harping on about. Oh, we need to have equal application of laws. But then that comes back to what we were talking about last, was it last week. You don't want that equal application of laws to be uh, brought to bear on you. Well, no, no, no. I mean, you do. You're talking about, you're talking about cosmic consequences. And I, what we were talking about last week is like the cosmic consequences, the consequences of Every time you do something, whenever someone does something that's stupid or wrong or whatever, you want them to have instant justice. All oh, right, okay. Whether yeah, it's yeah. whether it's the the police. No, but now we're talking about the equal application of the law, right? For people who break the law, right? Yeah, and okay. and and we don't need we don't need to go through all the stuff with the political stuff because that's been going on for weeks now. Talking about oh, okay, you know, and I'm talking about the why rest. are we still talking about January sixth? I mean, there's people that are in prison that had, there's been no, a habeas corpus has been thrown out the fucking window for these people, you know, and these were people that don't, didn't even, as far as I can tell, they didn't commit any crimes on January 6th. They're just, they were in the wrong place at the wrong time and, and yet they're still in prison. Well, they, and then there was the guy that killed himself. Remember in my book, they didn't commit any greater crimes than, than the people that were protesting, writing. Losing twenty twenty. I mean, there was there was a bunch of people got killed. There are a lot more people that got killed. There was a cop that got killed. I think like he was like a retired cop. Yeah, in San uh, Louis, he was like a security guard or something. He was a retired captain. Yeah, and they they killed him. Yeah, somebody killed him. Yeah, and that got zero coverage. It got zero coverage on. on it got zero coverage on the 
left-wing uh, media. On the, well, I think all media is left-leaning, even the one that pro- that, that's, that proclaims themselves to be right. But they covered it on Fox, though. They did cover it on Fox. Yeah, but I don't I don't know that you can sit there and hold up Fox as some kind of. Um, oh no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that that. <laughs> I'm not suggesting that Fox Fox is what is it free and fair or whatever it is they fair and balanced fair and balanced they're not they're absolutely not fair and balanced it seems to be it seems to be because it's a different perspective from what goes on but you know you got to remember there's only four or five companies that own all the information we consume yeah so I don't see how they're not in the same boat. It's funny with Fox, like, because they'll touch on something and you'll be like, oh, maybe, maybe they are really, like, like taking taking note and taking notice of the stuff, but then nothing happens. And again, that's because of the powers that be. Yeah. So, so basically, they're doing a news story to kind of a, it seems like to appease, to kind of like, basically calm people down and say, well, well we are, we are, we are, we are looking at this this stuff that's like not fear or the stuff that's happened we're, we're absolutely focused on this and then nothing happens well nothing happened because there are people that are in charge that are profiting another big thing is the is the whole illegal immigrant unsecured borders <laughs> thing right yeah you don't think that there are a bunch of people making tons of tons of coin off of this uh, now they sit there and say right the fox folks say it's it's all about power and they want to stay in control and blah blah this and blah blah that and I'm, I'm sitting going look if they've if they're truly nefarious and they've, they've, they they hold on to their positions no matter what we do, then they don't need to. They don't need to hold on to the power. They've got it. They don't, you know. It's... But I don't understand how letting a bunch of illegals in would help them retain their power because these people come vote. It might not be about political power, or that could be one aspect. Right, you get the. And how do they know these people are going to vote for them? Doesn't matter. It's not. I think. I think having a whole lot of of people coming in is really about. Well, it's it's about money, but it's about keeping wages low. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it has that effect. No, no question about it. I mean, the thing that I told you about about the New York bar, New York, uh, when when I was when I was studying to be a lawyer and and taking the bar, even in New York, way back when, in the <laughs> early turn of the century. In the, the dim mists of the past. Yeah, in the dark ages, you still needed to have an ABA-accredited law degree or a uh, an LLM, if you came, came from a foreign source, yeah. to sit there and take the bar. Now, recently, and I want to say, when I say recently, I'm, I think it's probably within the last 10 years or so, they changed that. To where if you're if you're if your legal education is similar to the to that of the United States, and I'm talking about Commonwealth countries now, mm-hmm. yeah, as long as you've been admitted, then you can sit that for that bar exam. Mm-hmm. Now, as long as you're an admitted attorney, I think I think that probably has an effect probably that, on uh, what they have to pay. Yeah, yeah, that's what baseball did in uh, the in the early, in the early late '90s, early 2000s. Oh, with like Cuba and stuff. No, with everybody. Oh, every every. Yeah, they went and recruited everywhere, right? Japanese, Chinese, Koreans, South Americans, Costa—you Rica, know, all those guys. Yeah. And that happens in all the sports. Caribbean. 
Yeah. And so, number one, that increases market share, it increases your audience, increases money coming in because of interest. Mm-hmm. You know, when... Um, back because yeah, there's all those stories you can tell. Back in the 90s, it was that guy that used to pitch for the Dodgers, Park. Whenever there was a Dodgers game that he was pitching, it was broadcast in South Korea. And then there was Ichiro. Ichiro's a freak. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. I love him, but he's a freak. Did you see the footage of, there was a, I guess there was a girl. I, was, I, I watched that often. Yeah, yeah. There was a girl that he he kind of saved. Like well, he, he, well, he, right ran, he, and, he ran into her trying to go, go for a ball. Yeah, but he also stops the ball from hitting her, I think. I don't know that that happened, but. But anyway, so she, she came back, like, I don't know, 20 years later or whatever, and she was like, throwing out the first pitch. Oh, really? And they didn't tell her that, that who was going to be catching, and it was each Oh, really? That's sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was nice. It was really nice. But that's, she was so stoked. That, that's my favorite comer- baseball commercial. Ichiro. Uh, it was a Seattle commercial where, you know, you know his routine he has at bat, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like he's like, you know, he's a, like fire and arrow. Yeah, he's sitting there like doing his thing. And so what they did was they had the, uh, the commercial for the Mariners back then was... Uh, had various people like barbers, <laughs> florists, um, car people washing the car, people uh, uh, landscapers, you know, doing the whole thing, you know, just <laughs> and, and you hear Ichiro, like you hear the crowd, Ichiro. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ichiro. and it ends with him, and it's like you know, Mariners baseball, get your season tickets. I was like, shit, I'd have bought season tickets. Yeah, it was awesome. That that first throw he made. Oh, that, yeah, his rookie. Before anyone knew what his arm was like. And he was a 28-year-old rookie. Now, I forget, was that a, was a throw to the home? A home no, it was, a th- it was a... It was, it was third base, right? It was a shot from uh, right he field. Was, he was in right right field to third base. Way right field. <laughs> and third base. Yeah. And right right in the guy's glove. Yeah. No one, no one, you know, that was a throw that no one ever could make. I mean, it was basically from, from the foul line of right field to the, to the wall almost. I mean, he wasn't at the wall, but he was and pretty close. it was close. just like straight. Yep, straight. It was barely a cur- like it didn't have much curvature to it. It was, it was like six feet off the air, right in the dude's glove. And, and the commentators were like, oh my gosh. Not just the commentators. I, I, I can't believe I saw that. And I was just, I was, I was amazed. And I'm not even a baseball fan. Were you watching the game? I was. That's random. I was studying and I had the game on in the background. And I was taking a little study break at the, at the opportune moment. Wow. And boom. That was like, uh, it was that in the, the Jim Morris interview. Huh? Uh, Jimmy Morris, the guy that played the, the movie The Rookie is, is about. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, when he was playing for, for Durham. Uh, the Rookie. The, yeah, the AAA team in Durham. They, they had him down for an interview on a Sunday morning. Yeah. I actually had that on and didn't think anything of it. Till I saw the movie several years later, and I was like, oh, oh what is it? I saw that interview. That's a great movie. And again, I, it makes me sound like more of a baseball fan than I am. <laughs> yeah. That was back when Disney used to make good movies. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Disney's movies are not what they were. Well, a lot of things aren't what they were, and I think we can end with uh, with the last thing. Um, I think I think the world, the world governments, the governments of the world... Their response to coronavirus is an indication of how poorly American university education has gotten. Okay. And and the fact that we're all just kind of cheaters and we just we just do what somebody else does. You have to break that down. Well, so basically, like I said, from the time I went to, to college, during the time when I went to college, the United States had 
hands down, the best university system in the world. We sucked at everything else in education, like elementary education, no good, high school education, everybody's like, oh, you know, all the other countries of the world are kicking our butts. But everybody... But the university system was just... Yeah, and everybody came here for university. Yeah. Because for some reason at university, it was like, okay, now it's time to, to apply critical thinking all the time. Right. And, you know, I went to a college where everything was graded on a curve, which would have been okay because I did okay in school, in high school. And I even went to a really good high school on top of that. So then I come to this college. Your high school looks like Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah. Then I come to this college where it's basically everybody who was in the top 10 to top 15% of their class who didn't get into their first choice school. Not everybody, but a lot of people. That is not a situation where I would have liked to have been in a university. And, and, now, and now you find out everything's graded on a curve. So there isn't, there isn't like, if you meet, if you meet a, stand, a certain standard, like if you get a certain number of points, You're you getting, get an A, right? right? It's not like that. It's yeah. if there are 20 people in a class, yeah. two of them are going to get A's. <laughs> yeah. Then, you know, certain, then the rest of them are going to get B's and then C's and C's. New Zealand was like that too, but I just don't feel like it was as competitive. I really don't. Well, it's also a much smaller pool. Yeah, I mean the year the year I applied to my first choice school, they had the most applications they ever had, and I'm an okay candidate, but compared with the people that I was competing with, which was basically Asian dudes, <laughs> you know, in terms of like schoolwork. Not going to cut it. And well, so, you kind of cruised as well a little bit at the beginning, right? In like college? In, your first year? in college? Didn't you cruise on your first year? Oh, yeah. There was a whole lot of messing around. And then the second year, you were like, oh, shit, I get it. Well, cruise first year, not so much second year because, like, the monies that were supposed to come to me were going to be in, in, in jeopardy if I, was, if I would keep cruising. So I did enough for that. And then I was like, I might want to go to grad school and everybody was like, you're not going to be able to get into grad school with those grades. So last two years I had, I pulled myself up. It's funny how you could always pull yourself up when the pressure's on. Well, for me, that was a, that's lucky. You're lucky that you have that. Well, I have it. Yeah. For me, that's, that's my gift and I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have it, but that's also a bit of a curse because I just don't take things seriously until the pressure's on. So, for me, practice is not helpful. So anyway, I've completely sidetracked this conversation. But so coming you say back, that you say that often, and I don't think you really mean it. So coming back to COVID, you keep on saying that word. I don't think it means what, what you, you think, think it means. means. So yeah, coming back, because and, and when I thought about it, I, I also thought about the uniforms, military uniform changes in the early 2000s that just blew my mind. But what I thought, at first I thought that the whole the whole coronavirus response was just to how bad the American education system was, is that because everybody, everybody used to come here to get their graduate and, or undergraduate degrees from all countries, especially the power class. Okay. Come here, did that, and they go back to their countries and, you know, talk about how they went to Harvard, do-da-do-da. Mm -hmm. But when it came to combating this new illness, 
that now they've done a 180 degree turn on, <laughs> which I thought was funny, you know. Dude, they did 180 degrees constantly on everything. Well, they do. Yeah, well, to, to, to match outrage. Yeah. The bad thing about having a populace that you're trying to control through their emotions is now you have to kind of cater to their emotions, like a two-year-old, which I, which I believe they just hate. So you think people just kind of just kind of were like, okay, three weeks to slay the spread. That's okay. I never thought I that was okay. That. I never thought that was okay. I thought that was the dumbest idea in the world, and everyone looked at me sideways like, you want to kill people, blah, blah. Um, the, the few people that I know... How long did it end up being? Nine months. It was nine months. In here, in, in California. It was, it was nine like, months. It was, it was the better part of nine months. I felt long, yeah. But, um, yeah, so, like, everybody was, everybody was educated here, and it seemed like everybody had the same response to it, every country, and it was not good. But that could also be explained by the uniform changes, which I thought was kind of... It was, it was back. It was back when uh, the uniform changes was early two thousands. Somebody had the bright idea of like switching, switching camo patterns because now it's going to be mostly on scopes. It's so pixelated. Yeah. So to match the pixels on the on the scopes, the longest the scopes that people are going to use. I'm like, don't we use thermal and infrared? So that don't really matter. <laughs> Plus, there's the navy. Like they, the navy pixelated uniform basically made them invisible in the water. Yes, that's brilliant. But the funny thing was, is we started changing our uniforms in the United States. Everybody followed. Like, China followed. Korea. Well, Korea's, Korea's kind of a client state. We used to, we, we, we helped them out with, right. with funding and defense and stuff to help for their, their defense security. So everybody all of a sudden had the pixelated camis. That don't, that are no good. And we spent, the other thing I think you remember you telling me. $10 billion. $10 billion. $10 billion. To figure out the to, new uniform. To change it, because at first it was uh, at first it was the Marines like, oh, we're going to change our uniforms. And there was some thought about tiger stripes, like, oh, that'd be cool. Uh-huh. But instead, there's like, let's change it to look just like Canadian camis. So I'm like, okay, you want to go from badass tiger stripes? You want to go from badass woodland cami, and you want to change it to something like badass tiger stripes? Like, oh, yeah, that's badass. They're like, nah, let's be like Canada. And I'm, and I'm, I'm sounds like a good idea, right? And I'm sitting there going, General Pace, you're a weirdo. And then all of a sudden, the army is like, well, fuck, if the Marines are going to change, then we can't, we can't, we can't be the same. So they they decide, like, we're going to go from badass Woodland Cami to this weird multi cam BS that they changed two years later. And then the Air Force was like, well, wait a second, if you guys are going to have some, we're going to have change. Oh. And the Navy did that, too. So we went from all four branches of service having the same uniform pattern, the, the same cami pattern with various with, with their with their own touches. Right. To four. <laughs> four uniforms that were an abomination. Yeah, because, you know, I don't know, man. I mean, the, the Marine pattern, I was like, they should have gone with frickin' I always liked the stripes. Tiger Stripes. Yeah, it was like badass Vietnam era. I know. Maybe it'll come back. You know, I don't know. I mean, that, that we can end with that. That's the that's the that's the weird thing about about having a military because 
you need it for protection of your state. But if they don't go and fight anywhere, then you lose effectiveness. Yeah. Which makes me think of Robert E. Lee's old quote. I don't know. In order to be a good soldier, you have to love the army. But in order to be a good general, you have to kill that which you love. Mm. And that's that's the dilemma, right? You can't just join the military and have it be like some kind of... Luckily for most people. Luckily or unluckily. For most people, you join the military... Um, you learn discipline, you learn some skills, or you think you learn some skills. <laughs> and, you know, you, you can bring that back to civilian life and you don't have to go to war. Or you might get, or, or you know, depending on how you think of it, right? You either get cheated or go to going to war or, you, you know, whatever. But it's a good experience for most people, I think. Mm-hmm. And, but to have an effective military, not with just like the... The, the, the private soldiers, your NCOs, you know, your officers have to go out and you have to learn how to logistically fight wars. Right. And it, it, it seems like a big expenditure, and it is, but it's one of those things, like, it's, it's something you, that has to be done. Like, so, like, in a, a fight between me and some MMA guy, that MMA guy is going to win. Maybe 10 times out of 10 if it's just one of those friendly, if it's one of those like in the ring fights. Mm -hmm. But if it's a fight for my life and that MMA guy also has a fight, knows the same thing, he might still win, but, you know, he might walk with a limp for the rest of his life. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's the thing about, that's the thing about real, the real deal. You know, when you're in a, when you're in a high stress environment, all of your fine motor skills are gone. So, you know, some guy who's just like, you know, MMA master, Krav Maga, do-da-do-da. Yeah. If they're in a fight for their life, then all that, a lot of, a lot of all the stuff that you think you can do. Yeah. Gone. And it basically becomes you trying to club each other. You you end up looking like two wild chimps. I mean, you see those fights, right? They Mm -hmm. just, they're just flailing away at each other and chimps are strong. So, you know, It don't look pretty, and someone's gonna die. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. I don't know what I what I what I'm meaning to with that. It's hot. <laughs> it sure is, and I think that's enough. And it's a Labor Day weekend, so it is now. But you know, by the time everybody hears this, it will be after. Hopefully, the heat wave is over. Yeah, and, and I hope, hope everybody had a good Labor Day weekend. And if you've lasted this far, it's time for our usual promotion and begging. Please like, please subscribe, please share. Thank you for, for, for hanging on this long. Tell your friends about us. And uh, if you want us to talk about something, just, uh, just uh, you know, tell us. Yeah, you can tell us on, on any of the social media we're on, or you can actually email us, lowfactpodcast at gmail.com. But I was thinking about our Anne Hesh episode and when you threw that on me. Uh-huh. Sitting here now, one of the things that I'm thinking is I cannot do the reaction videos on YouTube. Why? Because you saw my reaction. I was just like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> I should do that more often, man. I should just throw things at you. Because my reaction I kind of like it when you do. <laughs> that's fine with me, but. When you don't got nothing to say. Well, that's often. No, I disagree with that. Anyway, like I, like we said, please uh, please keep on listening. Please keep on uh, sharing and subscribing and liking and doing all the things that I have no idea what that does. 
Well, it gives us a greater audience. Well, it? supposedly it gives us a, the opportunity to sell out, and I just want to see what would happen if that if that happens. Me too. 